Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of The Princess and the Bee. As always, take a hot second of gratitude to thank yourself for choosing content that uplifts and inspires, champions, and sometimes lovingly challenges you to rise and to becoming the queen of your life. I think now more than ever, there is... The, the throat chakra is awakening in many people and on, on different levels, sometimes on a societal and political level um, and sometimes on a relational level. I was working with one of my clients who had just gone through a breakup from a, a long-term relationship and she had some powerful realizations. She realized that her voice deserved to be heard and that she'd been really suppressing for years who she really was and what she really wanted out of fear of not being in this relationship, out of the fear of not having this person in her life. And she'd been giving away her power in this relationship to someone who diminished her voice, disrespected her opinion, and condescended to her choices. And I think so many people, whether it's a personal relationship, I mean, I I know I certainly experienced that in a personal relationship as well, um, or on a, on a global level, there are a lot of people feeling disrespected right now for their choices that they're making um, and feeling like they are voiceless in certain circumstances. And I just want to say that your voice is powerful and your voice matters. And you were created at this time in history for a reason. And so you in all your perfection and in all the beauty uh, that you are perfecting, when you learn how and discover how to claim your voice and claim your power through your voice to be heard, it liberates you. It liberates you. And I know a lot of us, especially a lot of my listeners, a lot of my clients have had maybe some trauma in the past around our voice being diminished. Um, I know for me growing up, it was my voice of anger that I would get really angry about. One of my one of my longtime friends, I've been friends with her for like 30 years. That sounds so long <laughs> to say. But she, we were talking because she and I would always go to summer camp together. And when we would, she would, she lived across the street from me and we would always hang out and have sleepovers and whatnot. And she remembered times like when, I would just I would just get so angry. And when I when I did when I've done a lot of healing around anger, I found that what I really was angry at was hypocrisy. And what happened was though that my anger wasn't allowed to be expressed 
and it was termed as and labeled as dramatic or uh, outlandish. And so in that, it put a lot of shame on me for having these big emotions and how that evolved into my personal life before I met before I met Spike was I was in some controlling relationships where how I communicated, who I communicated with were very controlled and what I was saying would be diminished or disrespected and that is what a part of me feels like I was put on this planet is to help unleash the voices of so many. Because when you learn how to communicate your voice, how to share your story, how to speak up when you know something is wrong and have the courage to change the external environment that that is in, that was an experience that I had with my ex where when I was 20. Two, 23, I ran off with a Navy man and thought that it would be a really, you know, romantic idea to run off right before he deployed. And when he was gone, I realized that if we couldn't get along while he was on the other side of the planet, it might be a challenging to live in the same home with him. But I was, I was very in love with him and enamored with him at the time. And the thing was, was I had to start speaking up my for my truth. I had to start speaking up when I knew something was wrong. So when I was told that I should delete all my male contacts from my phone because I shouldn't be talking to so many men, that was something that I was like, that seems wrong. It felt wrong. You feel when something doesn't feel aligned with you when it feels wrong in your body. The thing was is that because I was married, because I had signed a piece of paper that said I was married and, and gone off and eloped and done the thing, divorce was something that was like so, had so much shame, so much shame around in my family. I saw my parents literally go through everything you can put a relationship through. Like remember, my dad was an addict. My mom was a quintessential codependent. They stayed married until his death for 51 years. Like I remember there were times when I would pray that she would leave him because of his drinking and she never did. And and that's her story and that's her part. But at growing up with my parents being two fundamentalist Christians, divorce was something that was like, it just didn't happen. You are with your partner until you die, in essence, or until one of you dies. And I realized that in order for me to continue having a voice in my relationship with my ex, I had to have the courage to say that something needed to change. And what needed to change was I had to go against all the programming that said that divorce is wrong and bad and and shameful and scars you and all that. And I had to face that and have the courage to say, this is no longer, a, this is not an aligned relationship for me. Of course, I didn't use those terms exactly because I wasn't as much on the spiritual path that I am now. But I had to have the courage to say, this marriage isn't working. The way we communicate is not working. And I had to have the courage to walk away. 
And it was the hardest decision. It was one of the hardest decisions I have ever had to make in my life. I remember I was, I like, I tried everything to make that relationship work. Everything to the best of my ability at the time that I knew how to do back then. And I remember after we were apart again and he was in Florida for some training and I had come back from driving across the country with him to drop him off. And I remember it was like it was about two weeks after and I had I felt so much freer from having by having that space. And I went to a yoga class and my yoga teacher said, breathe. And I took a deep breath, and as soon as I <laughs> exhaled, I had I had tears, and I immediately my gut said, "You have to end this." And I called him up. We had a very long two-hour tearful conversation and goodbye. Um, but I I I knew in my gut and in my heart and in my soul that that was something that I had to do, and I had to have the courage to communicate that. I had to have the courage to voice that that was it. And I had to have the courage to also follow through with the commitment to my higher sovereignty, to my higher self, to my gut that said, this is no longer working and I'm done. And I mean, imagine if I had just, and that's why the follow through is so important. You, It's not only voicing what you want. It's not only voicing and speaking up when something in, in, in your gut is saying, this is something wrong. This is something that is not aligned with me. This is something that's not okay. You also have to have the courage to change. So sometimes that means, like for me, the initial steps of courage was just giving that voice turning a light on that voice and just actually saying the dang thing, just actually saying this is not working and looking for a solution, looking for um, looking for alternative solutions and then have and then on top of it, having the courage to act and then on top of that, having the courage to continue following through with that commitment because you'll see a lot of times, especially in uh, relationships where there is some element of control or gaslighting or narcissist. Um, and I've worked with a lot of uh, people who have had relationships with narcissists um, that when there is that narcissistic relationship that's happening, the there is a tendency to go back. Oh, especially for really good-hearted people like for, who have that belief. Like I have such a strong belief that people can change. I also have such a strong belief that that people can change sometimes because you are not in their life. Like that there is a, a concept called the drama triangle. Um, where you are the victim, where there's the victim role, the villain role, and the hero role. And a lot of times with most of my clients, they put themselves in the villain role or the hero role where they're the villain, where they're all, they're all at fault. They take the fault of, you know, they take their percentage of responsibility and then they take the other person's percentage of responsibility. That's the villain role. Um, and then there is the hero role where it's like your job to fix people, to strap on your hero cape and to save them because gosh darn it, you are here for them. And that role to try to fix or change or save them is coming 100% still from the ego. 
the ego swing, swings the pendulum from it's none of it's my fault, let me point the blame at everyone else, to it's all my fault, let me point the blame at only me, to it's only me who's able to fix this problem. And this is the only solution. So the ego doesn't typically remain compassionately curious to find alternative solutions. So for me, the solution that most aligned was me saying, okay, I am going to leave this relationship. And, and yet a lot of times there are a lot of people who will say, oh, well, he can change. This, we can make this work. We're in it together. And, and that has to be a that, – that's your personal choice to lean into that. Um, I think after a while when you feel like you've exhausted all possibility, there comes a point where if the other person's not changing, then there comes a point of acceptance where it's like, okay, this is a choice to remain in this relationship. Is, is that a relationship that I, if I, if knowing that this relationship is never going to change, and I asked this to one of my clients years ago, who was in a very abusive relationship. And I, and as a coach, I'm not inputting, it's not like a girlfriend who's like, oh girl, you should leave him. Like as a coach, I pose questions allowing for the exploration and discovery of possibility. And I, and I asked my client this, I said, if you know that in five years or 10 years that this behavior would never change, that it will always be like this, would you want to stay? If, if you knew that he would never change, would you stay? And she was like, no, I don't want to live that life. That was her choice. They eventually, because that that one client, they eventually, because they separated for a couple years to each figure out their own stuff, each deal with their own shadow work, each heal their own inner child stuff, they eventually ended up coming back together and their relationship is better than ever. Like there's no more abuse. They're, they're actually like together and happy and healed. But that's because they had to go on their own separate journey and let go of the attachment of the healing happening in the relationship. And so the beautiful thing is that when you can find the voice and when you have the courage to follow through and when you are able to remain compassionately curious about other people's voices instead of judging them and their opinions instead of labeling them. And here's, here's the thing. There is a universal law called the law of oneness. It states that we are all one. Division is just an illusion of the ego. So there is so much beauty in diversity. There is so much beauty in diversity. And so allowing for that compassionate curiosity instead of I'm right, you're wrong, here's the line, that compassionate and curiosity for the other person, it, A, it shows respect that you respect them which pretty much everybody who's been in a narcissistic abusive relationship desires is de they desire for their voice to be respected. Well, in order to respect it, you A, have to hold your boundaries and B, you need to have the compassionate curiosity to, to hold the space for other people who have opinions that differ than you, yours. Because otherwise, if you don't have that compassionate curiosity and or growth-mindedness and you just want to say, I'm right, you're wrong, then who is the narcissist? Who, is, who has gone from being the victim of narcissism to the, the villain, in essence? 
So allowing yourself to remain compassionately curious and allow for those diverse, that diversity of opinion because we're all one. We are all one. We are all interconnected. Division is just an illusion of the ego. So in order for us to have our voices, to let our voices be heard, is we have to respect them. And I know that for a lot of people, if you've experienced trauma, if you experienced, you know, a childhood where you were taught to seen and not be heard and to shush and to be quiet and to just shut up because children should not be heard or their opinions not validated, well, a lot of times if you've had that conditioning or if certain emotions that around like anger that have not been allowed to be voiced, then a lot of times it's very hard to know like, okay, well, what actually does my soul need to speak up for? What actually do I want? And how to find that is to get really still and quiet and get really freaking clear on everything you don't want. Because everybody, like the hardest question I ask anybody in coaching is what do you want? Because so often we're conditioned to look at all the things we don't want. We don't want, we don't want this. We don't want that. We don't want a business that's not making money. We don't want to be broke anymore. We don't want to be in in uh, disrespected. We don't want to be this. We don't want to be that. Well, then make that list. Make your list of all the things you don't want. Maybe all the things that you haven't been speaking up for or speaking up against. What are all those things that you don't want that are just not right with your soul? And then how to find that authentic voice and communicate it is you just got to flip the script. You got to look at what you do want. And sometimes, like for example, with, with me, I had to look at, after I left my ex, I had to look at my past relationships and what I didn't want. And what I recognized with something that I didn't want was I, I recognized that I was a chameleon in all my past relationships. I would hide parts of myself adapting so that I could quote unquote be loved. That's not love. That's conditional love. And love has no conditions. So love is truth. True, real love, real love is truth. Real love is honesty. Real love is being able to show everything of who you are and saying, you know what? This is me. Now, it's also, I'm going to make clear on this one, that it's not saying this is me, take me or leave me, I'm not going to change, this is just who I am, blah. What an egoic stance to take. Like you can take that. You can choose that. That can definitely be a choice, but then it's a choice not to change. The beautiful thing is, is that we are, we are fluid, transitory beings and allowing for the freedom to be able to say, okay, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking for at this moment. This is what I'm really clear on what I want for the future. This is what I'm really clear that I don't want from my past. And so when I got very clear that I didn't want to be a chameleon anymore, what got me there did not, did, was not going to get me to, to having a fulfilling, amazing relationship where I felt fully seen and heard for being all of me if I was holding back parts of all of me. 
if you're holding back parts of yourself in order to be loved and accepted and validated, then you're not actually being loved. You may be being validated, but that's not actually love. Love is full truth. So when two hours before I met Spike, I was ruminating on what I wanted, what I didn't want, and I saw exactly what I didn't want. I was tired of being a chameleon. I was tired of playing a part that wasn't me, that I didn't like. I was tired of wearing a mask. And so I said, I literally prayed a prayer to God back in 2012 as I was driving to this networking event. I was like, God, all I want is to be fully authentic and to travel. I said, that's all I want. I said, I just want to be fully authentic and I want to travel. Two hours later, I met Spike. And this guy with long hair sauntered up to me in a bar and the rest is history. Actually, it's not. Like, (laughs) because it goes back to what I said is that you also have to have the courage to change. So I prayed this prayer to be more authentic, to be fully authentic, and to travel. And so I meet this guy who is really handsome, who I am obviously attracted to, and I start my experiment. I detach from anything happening with this relationship and I say I'm going to have the courage to be candid with what I want, with who I am, with past experiences. I told Spike because I had kept my marriage, my first marriage, quiet and I'd kept it a secret from all of my friends. I had so much shame around eloping. I had so much... uh, guilt about the way that we got married and and it just it hurts so many people um not spike <laughs> my first husband and i had so much shame and guilt around that that i hadn't even told my friends all my friends thought that i was engaged and that i just broke off our engagement and i had so much shame around it because i was so scared to share it i was so scared of letting people down i was so scared of my friends not liking me or thinking less of me because i had done that And really, they didn't. When I eventually came out to them and told them, they were like, I'm so sorry you went through that alone. I wish you would have let me in. And that was me placing my own judgment on my friends. That was me placing my own judgment on my family. And judging that, prejudging their response. I prejudged them that they would be, that they would feel, that, that they would not like me because of that. And so I hid that from them. But I didn't hide it from Spike when I first met him. I decided, well, this is this guy's a perfect stranger. Um, he's cute. He's attractive. I'm obviously attracted to him. I'm not looking for a relationship. I was not at all in the slightest. In fact, I was still in an it's complicated with my, with my uh, then boyfriend. And I was like, okay, so I'll just keep talking to this guy and I'll see what evolves. And so I shared with him, oh yeah, I'd been ma- I'd been married before. And I shared with him, I shared with him the things that I felt shame about. I shared with him things that 
I hadn't told people, anybody, like running off and getting married. Like, and those experiences that I opened up to him about, he loved my honesty. He loved my courage. But I had to have the courage to share it. I had to have the courage to change, to not hide certain parts of myself and say, like, I, I, I was fully open in the past. I probably would have said, like, oh, yeah, I like some 80s music. And I was like, no, there is much, most 80s music that I hear I am not a fan of. Like, every time some 80s song comes on, my husband is, like, rocking out. And I'm like, I really, really dislike this song. <laughs> like, but I was honest with him. I was super honest and I didn't try to not tell like not tell white lies but just say not try to acquiesce to his feelings around 80s music particularly. Um, I would say I, I, I was honest with the things that I liked and I didn't like and he loved that but I had to have the courage to not be liked. I had to have the courage to not to allow him to to, to say that, oh, if he's not attracted to me because I don't like 80s music or because I've been married before, um, then okay. I had to detach and surrender that it was going to be this or something better. So that's step number three. Step number one to really find your voice is to get really clear on what you don't want. Because everybody, know, we can all point out that all the things that we don't want pretty darn easily because we don't want them. We don't want them in our life. And they're like, they're like a pimple that's on your face that you're like, I don't want that. I want to squeeze it and I want to pop it and I want it out and I want it clean and clear and under control. So we can easily focus on the pimple. What we sometimes forget to focus on is that we actually want really clear, healthy, nourished, supple skin. So that's how you flip it. So you first focus on oh, what are all the pimples? What are all those things that you do not want? That you're done with? That you're done tolerating? Because here's the thing. Tony Robbins said, it, said this quote best and I love it because it's absolutely true. You get what you tolerate. And that is on a personal level. That is on a societal level. That is on a level where if some things are going down, in certain communities or in certain governments that you are tolerating and not speaking up about, then you're going to get what you tolerate. If you're tolerating it, you're saying it's okay to be treated that way, then you will continue to be treated that way. If I had continued my relationship with my ex... And that would have been me saying I was tolerating how I was being treated because I wouldn't have changed. If you don't choose to change, then you're tolerating what it already is. You're tolerating what is. So when you focus on what you want, when you focus on having clear, supple skin or that amazing relationship or a thriving business or freedom, in your country, then you focus on what it is that you want. Your attention flows where you focus on. So you focus on what it is you want. What do, what is if it's freedom? What makes you feel free? So many people right now are 
giving the rally cry for freedom in many ways. And I ask, how are you freeing your own voice? I'm not saying you have to stand up for certain things that are going on in the government or in communities or with certain situations around the world. What I am saying is how freely are you expressing yourself? How freely are you using your voice for what matters? How freely are you showing up in your business? Are you showing up in your business hiding your ideas? Are you showing up for your job and you're not speaking up in a meeting when you have an idea or you have something that could make a project better? Or you see that perhaps maybe the company is going in a a direction or making certain choices that you don't agree with? Because if you're hiding your voice, then that is an act of surrendering your freedom. That is an act of you choosing to tolerate something. So your voice deserves to be heard, but it comes with you having the courage to speak up for what you believe in. And as in the micro, so in the macro. So let's take, for example, business branding. So if you are a woman-owned business and you see on Instagram that there are all these really pink, beautiful business brands and that for you to be a female entrepreneur, your brand has to include pink because gosh darn it, that is a female business-owned signia, signature, whatever you want to call it, brand color. Well, if you don't like pink, but you're choosing to use pink, then A, you're tolerating something. You're not fully expressing your voice. You're not fully expressing your own creativity. You are abiding by some false law, some false rules, some false belief that if you have pink in your business and that suddenly makes you a a separates you or shows off that you are a female business owner. So, you are abiding by that rule, which is not necessarily true for you if you don't like pink. So it's, you of course will feel suffocated in your business and masked and hidden because you're hiding under this mask of falsehood that is pink. So in order to have feel freedom in your business, you got to use the actual colors that represent you. If you don't like pink, then do whatever the fuck colors you want to do. It's your business. It's your life. So that is how you experience freedom is you look at the conditioning and the rules that say, oh my gosh, there's this conditioning and this belief that because I'm a female, a gender identifying female, that now I have to have pink in my business, not necessarily true. That is a bullshit belief. And it is a belief that will make you feel enslaved to a business that does not feel authentic because you're just not a pink person. And that's okay. It's okay once you choose to change and not to tolerate that, to destroy that bullshit belief that you have to have pink in your business to establish yourself as a female business owner. And then make a new change. Have the courage to change your branding colors. 
to fully express actually who you are instead of what you think you should be expressing as a, a female business owner. This goes the same in relationships. So when I was first started dating Spike, he shared with me that he and his ex-wife did not want to have kids. They had made the choice, they had made the decision to not have kids. And she later on went on to have kids, um, and that really hurt him. And I asked him, because he is 19 years older than I am, I, I, I asked him when we were dating, I said, you know, do you want kids? And he's like, you know, sometimes I think about it, sometimes I don't. And I said, look, I had to have the courage to have this this piece of this 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 took guts for me. I said, look, I want kids. I was very clear that I did not not want kids. And I wasn't going to wait around and disrespect a man and disrespect his time by dancing around, deepening our relationship, and then surprise, you're going to have to want to have kids. I wasn't going to do that to him. I respected him too much because I respected him. I respected his choice that should he choose to not have, to, to, should he say that he didn't want to have kids, I would choose to walk away from that relationship. That is what surrender and detachment is. I knew what I wanted. I wanted to have kids. I knew Spike would be an amazing father should he desire, desire to want to have kids too. And if he wanted to have kids then rock on, I would stay in the relationship. If he didn't, I already knew in my soul and in my gut that I was not going to waste his time. I would have broken up with him right then and there because I knew I was falling in love with him. And I knew that I respected him too much as a man and I respected myself enough to say, this is what I want. I'm not budging on this one. This is one thing that I'm not budging on. If this is not with you, then I surrender and and detach because it's this relationship or something better. There is always the something better. It is the ego that wants you to hold on to the form that says this is the form in which things must be. This is the only solution. That is the ego. We are seeing a lot of that right now in the world of this is the only solution that is for humankind and humanity. No, 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 no. That is the ego. There are so many other solutions. It is this or something better. It is that trust in the universe that there is more than just one solution. There always is. You just have to be creative and resourceful enough and trusting enough to trust that there is another solution out there. It is a curse of being stuck in the drama triangle that highlights both ignorance and arrogance when you think that you and you alone have the solution. That is the ego speaking. When we choose to allow others to voice their opinions, differing to ours as they may be, and we choose to remain compassionately curious about another person's decisions, what they believe, what they think, what they say, and that being true for them, it allows us to explore a multitude of solutions because that is where creativity reigns. That is where discovery comes in, exploration, where there are more possibilities. 
rather than us putting on our own judgments or someone else putting their own judgments on us and us accepting them as true, even when they don't align, even when our voice and our soul is saying, no, you know what? I don't think that's for me. I don't think that's right for me. So trust your gut. Look at all the things you don't want. Look at the opposite of what you don't want and decide what you do. And have the courage to change. Have the courage to speak up for what you do want. That is how you claim your power. That is how you own your voice. And that is how you show up as a communication queen. Now, if you want a more tactile approach to being a communication queen where you can profit from guest podcasting, by sharing your story, by sharing your voice, by owning your authentic truth and serving from your soul and sharing from your soul and standing out as the amazing best version of you, then definitely click the link in the description to jump in on our founding class of Communication Queens. I am so excited for this program. I am teaching the exact five-step framework to getting booked and profiting from guest podcasting, from using your voice, sharing, and speaking up for your truth. And selling, of course, too. I'll show you how to do that. So if that sounds right for you, if that sounds aligned for you, jump in in the link in the description, and I will see you inside Communication Queens. Until then, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.